This episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia. The Roanoke Pinball Museum is an interactive museum dedicated to the science and history of pinball. Their mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and history through pinball while preserving and honoring its role in American culture. The museum is open every day except Monday and houses over 65 machines with models ranging from 1932 to 2018. Roanoke Pinball Museum. And now, the weather. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, July 26th. This is episode 120. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. I'm not alone this week, so no. people can stay around. I, hey, there was lots of feedback uh, there on your was. prior episode, and we'll we'll be touching a little bit on that in a bit. But yeah, I had a big off of my shows a couple weeks ago, as Tony knew. I had some minor surgery a couple days before, and I was just way too tired to uh, want to sit and do a bunch of recording. So it's like, I, I don't want to do it. And Tony was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Don't worry about a thing. Fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. So anything happened since those? Are you recovered from your poison oak? E- for the most part, uh, I'm still a little itchy. I've finished my run of medication. Uh, but yeah, my I'm going to have some scarring. Mm. I'm going to have some pretty heavy scarring on my legs. Uh-oh. Well, there goes your modeling career. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. I still have a, a good uh, career as a, as a before model. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's the ticket. Well, I'm mostly recovered, and but I haven't been doing a whole lot. I, I did stream uh, some Walking Dead this last week on our EGP Twitch channel. And I've been playing, but not in the last week, really, but the week before, a game. It's like an artsy game called Coffee Talk, where I have to make lattes for people. I think it's mostly supposed to be like a visual novel, but they make you figure out how to make coffee, which I have like no knowledge of. So interesting. They're like, make a, make me an espresso. And then they start trying to like have you make weird crap and they don't even tell you what all's in it. It's like, okay. It's odd. It's odd. I don't know. I was a, it was a free to play, uh, like it was a game with gold thing on Xbox. So I just grabbed it and it was like, okay. I didn't feel like, uh, doing a Twitch shooter or something. So that's what I ended up with. And that's been my, my period of time. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, speaking of interesting, we can go right into the pinball segment. And I thought we should start with, uh, you've had a lot of follow up because you talked about books that could theme well into pinball machines. I would say that, yeah, there's been a fair amount of follow up on that. Like suggested books. I just thought, was there any like, uh, series that you didn't touch on during the episode that people threw out there that you wanted to say, Hey, that's a good idea publicly, or, Hey, I heard about this and it's a stupid idea. Now I must burn it in front of all of you. (laughs) Uh, no, there's nothing huge. Uh, there were some good follow-up sci-fi uh, ideas, like the Expeditionary Force novels could be a lot of fun. And uh, it was pointed out in an email, I don't remember who it was from right this second, is that uh, 
Dresden Files. Dresden Files would make a good one. There's a lot of opportunity for fun to do with that one. Uh, but yeah, no, th- there were a lot of good ideas. Oh, and um, I don't know why I never thought of it before, but uh, all the Lovecraft stuff would obviously be a very good topic for a pinball machine with that kind of dark horror uh, going on. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of things get described now as Lovecraftian. I don't even know if everyone knows what it means anymore. Well, that's true. Uh, I think at this point, it becomes pretty much anything that deals with kind of that existential horror, uh, something out of the deep dark. Mm. Co- cosmic horror type. used to be yeah. how it was described, yeah. Yeah, I think that, as I read a novel a few years ago that was very Lovecraftian, and it was about uh, a one of the great old ones being summoned to, like, Boston or something like that uh, by a cult that had been trying for centuries and centuries to do it. And they realized that it wasn't, it wasn't actually possible to summon them because there were literally no way to make the correct sound, so they made a computer that could do it. Ah. And like then they summoned the Skynet. Great That's yep. what Skynet it's did. Always, darn Skynet. Okay. Always ruining everything. Well, I have a new theme topic that's fairly similar, and that would be video games into pinball machines. Now, we've talked about video game themes as part of just some of our other theme topics, but I don't think we've ever exclusively focused on it. And the reason I think that, but I'm not positive, is actually before you even recorded the last episode, I had someone write in and ask about us doing this segment, about doing a segment specific to video games that could be turned into good pinball machines. And I started searching our old show notes on on our uh, website, and it's like we had a few where we talked about themes, and I know we touched on video games in them, but they were usually like, just what themes would we like to see stuff? Like, you know, as you mentioned in the last episode, even where we've talked about like Overwatch before and things like that. Um, But I don't think we ever did one that was actually just exclusively focused on video games. So I thought we might as well kind of follow up on the book one and do one that was just about video games. There's only one rule that I have. You cannot suggest satisfactory or I will drive out there and slap the taste out of your mouth. <gasps> but but your social distancing. I know, but I'll make an exception if I have to hear about let's move all the power plants into a better strategic location multiball. Hmm. You know. I can see where now I'm, I'm just messing. I know you are. <laughs> I'm just I'm just but you like that yes, game so much that I have I, a suspicion you try and find a way. I know. I I don't know what you're saying about let me let me check my numbers. I have only played satisfactory for forty two hours in the last two weeks. Yeah. So good game. Hey, maybe hey, and maybe there is a way that it would work in a pinball machine. I don't know. I, I I'm a little buy, skeptical. I, I bought a new game. You did? Yes. Oh. I bought it two weeks ago and I've installed it, but I've not played it yet. Oh. Well, we won't. We don't have any idea on that game then. No. Well, it, it's old. It's Titanfall two. Oh, great story in that. Uh, I did not put much time in the multiplayer though. I heard it had a good story. That's why I bought it, and then I was going to play it. And then I was thinking about, man, I really need to, I really need to get a 
motor factory built the satisfactory. So. Yeah, of course. You gotta yeah. get the motor factory. Now, you never played the original Titanfall, though. No. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, so we probably can't discuss that one as to whether or not it would really work well as a pinball machine. Um, but I'm trying to, like, what do you think about this, like the new Spider-Man game? Could that be turned into a pinball machine? We've had Spider-Man before We've had, based off of the movies. Yeah, they so already it, have the same kind of, I mean, there's no real difference between having the Spider-Man based off the of movies or the Spider-Man vault that's with the comic art. It's still kind of the same thing. You're right. Yeah, that's and stupid. I think, yeah, I think any other Spider-Man thing would still be kind of the same thing. What about Doom? What do you think of Doom? I think Doom could be a good title. Would uh, it all be hurry ups? Because Doom's well, a very fast, like Doom yeah, 2016 I, and I the newest would, Doom are they're very fast paced. I would think it makes sense for everything to be hurry up based. I wonder if people would hate it though. Well, what does that matter if people would hate it? This, we're just talking about it. They can hate it all they want. Yeah, they yeah, but I want it to. But be here's good. the thing to remember: and we have to it. define that in some way. Well, we can't go with the fact that Doom would have the greatest soundtrack in all of pinball. Yeah, it would be more metal than Black Knight sort of Rage was. Yeah, it, 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 it would be amazing. The soundtrack would be simply amazing. Um, Diablo. Oh, hmm. Now, would you base it around a particular one? I'd probably base it around two. Okay, that would... That's generally of the fans of the series. That's usually the one they cite as the best. Uh, it's pretty based, old. Well, yeah, but the story. I mean, you're you're just using the story points, uh, so it doesn't matter that it's old. I mean, with the with the story that that game has, and with the uh, callouts that are already made in that, the kind of voice samples you could pull. I think you can have a lot of fun with it. Hmm. And so what would the wizard mode be? Would it be the butcher? Oh, it would be the cow level, obviously. Ah, mm. uh, yes, the cow level. Yeah, Butcher's way too early in the game, really, to warrant <laughs> being the, the final wizard mode. Yeah. That's true. That's quite true. No, hmm. I, I mean, it, it's Diablo. I think wouldn't be butcher. It would be final wizard mode would have to be... Diablo? Is Diablo the final boss? In, I don't in, know. In I never finished in, it. In the second one? I don't remember. It's been decades. Yeah, Diablo. Diablo's in there, but uh, Ball's actually the final boss. Okay. Because it's uh, Andariel, Duriel, Mephisto, Diablo, then Ball. Hmm. Okay. Well, that would probably be the obvious wizard mode to do then. Yeah. Huh. That's now, how long it's been since I've played that game. I don't remember any of it. Now, Satisfactory, would you describe that as a as a simulation game? It is. Yeah, it's 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 an efficiency simulator. Right. Well, I'm just I'm wondering, would any sort of simulation style game work as a pinball machine, like a Sim City or? I'd like. To, I I mean, they're fun games, but I don't think that they would actually work because they're so directly built around building and modifying stuff that have that a static play field I don't think would actually work for it. But what about on the P3? Possibly, if everything was set up right, uh, which would let you do it. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. 
Uh, I'm not necessarily sold on it. I think that's going to be yeah, the hardest. I, I don't know of them to do because it's really. not a story. Like I, I don't like I don't know what the objective would be. Like I could imagine saying, okay, well, if you shoot this left ramp, that's what allows you to upgrade your power. And if you do this, it builds roads. And this shot will let you put in the residential zone and stuff. But so I could kind of envision and with a screen building the city up, for example. But I don't know what makes you want to do it. Right. And I can I could see doing, um, yeah. I, I I really the whole thing would be building up to a point, and the wizard mode would be destroying what you build. Yeah, I think that or, would be, but the, that would be or or mitigating the or trying yeah, to mitigate the other thing. The, the disasters coming, you, you have build. to combat the disasters. That would be the other option. Yeah, um, I think you might be better off instead of that going with something that's a little bit more. Uh, like, like the red alert games would let I you work about some that. of the building mechanic type thing in it, but it would still have a good storyline. Uh, okay, okay, let's not let's, okay, let's not get crazy. Good storyline might be a little strong. No, if you do red alert, I want it to be red alert three, and I, you need Tim Curry, and I don't know if his health will allow him to do it at this point. That's true because. Tim Curry was the giant ham that just chewed on the scenery in that. Yeah, though yeah. though uh, George Takei was in that as well. Well, yeah, but he didn't chew the scenery. No, he played it really straight. Yeah, I mean, Tim Curry was full on. I'm eating a large ham level mm. of yeah, yeah. Well, he he was representing the Soviets. So it, it was for it was for the best. I still I still love the part where he decides that the place for communism to next thrive is space, and you can see him trying not to laugh as he says the line. And they just you, there's very clearly we just do one take for Red Alert. So right, that's my favorite. I really yeah. it was a fun game though. It was uh, it was. I mean, but he it was it was full on. It was like Jeremy Irons in. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh God, it, it wasn't that bad, <laughs> <laughs> or was it? Maybe I maybe I'm being forgiving because I enjoy the game and that movie sucked. Oh, oh my God, Dungeons and Dragons. Jeez. Now, uh, now, Red Alert Three is a strategy game. So if we think about like both real time and turn based strategies. Um, pinball, I, like, could Civilization be done as pinball? Do you allow multiple ways to quote unquote win? Like, I'm going for the diplomatic pinball victory. You know, I don't really know how you would make that work. I I can't. I don't think. So I, I really. I, I mean. I mean. I I'd like I, the idea, but I but I really can't think of a way to make that work. And and let's be let's be honest. If you're doing a civilization uh, pinball game, and the game doesn't last one to six hours per ball, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you'd almost again P three style save state. You know, some way to remember the progress or something would almost be mandatory to truly get the experience. So much so that it's probably not practical. I have a feeling in this topic of video games, and maybe it's because I'm trying to go beyond just like naming a bunch of first person shooters and such, but I'm trying to cram a lot of brown pegs into square hole. Well, Wait, that doesn't work. How can a hole be square? Well, I guess it could be any shape you want. Um, anyway, I'm cramming shapes that don't fit. Is what I I think, but I'm trying. I'm trying to reach for some unusual stuff that you don't normally. You know, everyone hears about Mario and Halo and all that. I'm, I'm trying to come up with some other stuff. Shantae, half genie hero. <gasps> Shantae. Okay, well, platformer. Um, so we could do 
any sort of adventure where you're going along and having to like deal with um what's her name? Crazy Boots. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I don't know. She's crazy. So I call her crazy boots. Um but uh and the weird uh all the weird friends and family members that Shantae has in town and uh you know, they could be like you could activate them for te- maybe like a team up thing. I don't know if you want the one dude who doesn't even know how to tie his shoes to help you, but maybe that, you know, kind of Deadpool style team ups. Yeah, sure. I think it could work. I think you could do something with Sean. Yeah, you could. I think you could do. I think any good platformer could be put in and work pretty well with a solid series of, uh, how do you want to call it, uh, goals and modes that would work towards the various platforming styles yeah for marketing purposes i almost think it would be better to do a uh like a castlevania you know metroidvania style game or at least something with a bigger pedigree than shantae yeah that's true you could uh always kick out hollow knight the, the hollow, oh, hollow knight oh. hollow knight fans will buy anything so yeah they're a bunch of chumps i mean we need a new or i mean then the pinball version of ori in the blind forest uh, with you know, with uh, yeah, no, that's a good one too. You know, with Hollow Knight though, if you beat the Wizard mode, it unlocks Hollow Knight Gun Percent. Gun Percent <laughs> dramatically changes up how you play how you play through it. Um, yeah, I think both Ori and Hollow Knight, the things that are going for them is there's a really good aesthetic. Like artistically, it could look great. Um, you. You don't need a lot in the way of like call like who you have doing call outs isn't relevant. You're not going for a particular voice acting cast. It's more about the music. And obviously those are both very hard games and pinball is a hard game. So the idea being that you could do something where you're trying to get somewhere and your shots allow you to do that. Different modes could represent different levels of or famous sections of the map or something. Yeah. So the, I agree with you. Those could definitely work. Uh, trying to think of maybe some other genres that are atypical that could be considered. Hmm. Well, you could go with a 4X. I don't know. I mean, because you could, then the modes could be based around, you know, exploring and enhancing. Like, you would, you would start with, um, a limited number of point, uh, of, of point shots actually on the machine. And as you, and you could start with an explore mode active. And as you complete requirements for the explore mode, it will open up more sections of the machine. Hmm, so okay. like, like when you, when you, you start the game, you start immediately in explore mode. When you're in explore mode, uh, and I'll have different levels of explore mode. When you're in explore mode, only certain shots will be valid. But when you make those shots, it will open and activate other shots. And once you finished, your explore mode, you will move into like an expand mode, which will let you permanently unlock those sections. Uh, and you can just continue to, uh, open up the machine. So like, say it starts with basically first round, uh, ball one starts and pretty much the only thing that's going to get you points are going to be shots off the left foot. Oh, okay. I like this idea. I think that could really work. Uh, and, and, and you're you're basically growing the machine and you're growing what's active on the machine, and you could probably hit, you could have it set up in the mode so depending upon the shots you make is what section of the machine you unlock that would give you choices in 
like tournament play about what is the best value point wise versus what is the best your easy these shots that are easiest for you. So each player is playing the exact same machine, but they might be unlocking completely different styles and completely different hmm. points. And depending on how you unlock in the modes, you could unlock it so that, uh, see, I know I'm better off the right flipper on this machine because there's a couple shots I'm really solid at on this machine. So I can intentionally do the unlocks to have higher scores that come off of certain shots off of the right flipper due to uh, just my knowledge of how I play. And you can, in the mode, when you're unlocking shots, you can unlock, it's like, oh, there, there's like, yeah, there's this left ramp shot, uh, and that left ramp can be unlocked like two or three different ways that you can unlock that left, left ramp. And depending upon the way you unlock that left ramp, it sets up either the kind of points or the kind of uh, locks and extra things it can do. So you can tailor each game to more suit your personal play style. I think that would be really, actually, that's my favorite idea so far. I think that would be, just because it's so different for pinball, but I think it would work. I think you could do it. See, that I, I think you could with modern machines. I just, even then, I'm not sure if it wouldn't get too complicated. If it yeah. wouldn't become something that's too much for uh, even most for most players. Yeah, not, I, I, it's so positive. hard to say because I feel in some cases that the rules are already so convoluted that this would be not any necessarily worse than that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I, I think it's interesting. Um, what about something that's like super like conceptually basic? I don't know if it would be, I'm thinking like Tetris where you're basically like, you could have a horseshoe shot on the game where shooting the horseshoe either side, uh, will flip the piece and then you can shoot the other shots to determine where the piece drops. It's in a way I worry that like in modern games, it's too basic of a concept because it's, uh, uh, clearly you're going until you're, you drain or you're blocks get all the way stacked up but it makes me wonder could you do it would it be entertaining enough especially if the pieces start to slowly fall and you have to make the shots or else you're gonna get stuck with them always falling in the middle and and things like that if that would be too much of a shooter's game where it's like oh no i meant to hit the left orbit and i hit the left ramp so now the pieces is one spot over to the right and now we're in trouble I don't know. I don't know that people would necessarily dislike it being too much of a shooter's game. And once again, that's a game that might lend itself to the P3 platform more than mm. a lot of other ones. Well, that's the thing, because in like a head-to-head mode, like either P3 it or or like they did with the Lynx with uh, NBA Fast Break, but uh, where you instead of Tetris, it's more like a Super Puzzle Fighter Ultimate. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, where, where you're. And there are other Tetris-style games like this where what you do impacts the pieces and what the other person must deal with. So it's also a competitive. It's also comp- competitive, but it, that setup has to be real time to work exactly the same. So you'd need a link up of some sort. Hmm, it's not a terrible idea. It's weird, and you get that catchy Tetris tune. I would sing it. No, I wouldn't, because I know no one wants to hear pinball people sing. Yeah, they you don't want to hear it. Song. You'd sing it. It's fine. I it's well, okay. I would while I was playing it, because I do with Tetris. But yeah. Oh god. Okay. Sorry. I had another idea that had crept into my head, just thinking about 
different style games and stuff. Um, hey, you know, people like all those music pins. What about like a Guitar Hero or Rock Band pin where you get certain licensed songs and the goal is to shoot certain shots while the music's playing to represent whatever instrument was supposed to do what? I'm, I don't know. I'm not the biggest rhythm game person. Maybe it's because I have no rhythm. Well, I don't think you could do it. Unlike Tetris, where you could like slow things down and make it like a slower paced thing than you would have in the video game. It couldn't be just like hit the notes in the right timing with the pinball. That's way too, that's way too, I don't think Keith Elwin could, 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 could like S rank those, those things, but, but, um, something just in the vein of it where it's like, okay, well, now is the part where, Maybe the bass needs to come in. So we want you to hit th- this shot's the bass shot and this shot's the, and I don't know. While the song's playing, maybe just how many shots you get allows you to collect something, point more points. And it's really just really point, you know, it's not so much a mode game, but it's more a point based game, um, which in a way, you know, that falls back more into like the 80s style of game where it's like you're not trying to work your way through modes. It's just ways you can maximize getting points would be the thought. I don't think it would work in today's world, really, in terms of sales. But I think as like a one-off, oh, yeah, I was gonna say, a it lot could of be fun. Wouldn't work in yeah, yeah, that's true. Sales, that's true. Horizon Zero Dawn, and you have to hide your ball in the tall grass. <laughs> can we get some sort of special, like plastic tall grass that the ball can hide in and won't get flattened over time? That's what we need. We need that engineered. We could. <laughs> Well, if you want to start getting crazy with like like crazy mods, we could do pretty much any shmup, and then build in build in uh, uh, ball launchers so that when you activate the multi ball, it's shooting uh, something like I don't know like like power balls out, something that is you can that the machine will be able to tell is different than your primary ball, uh, and it shoots them out and basically in ways to intentionally block higher point total shots. Yeah. I actually, I had an idea similar to that one. And I, I think, uh, yeah, no, I was even thinking of a shmup and the way I had it in my mind is maybe at the underneath and the bottom of the play field, uh, there's basically a conveyor belt that's feeding back up to the top and you use pachinko balls and oh. you make, and then you just make it rain pachinko balls and it's like okay make your shot welcome to bullet hell you have a regular size pinball so it's going to go in the proper pinball trough the pachinko balls are small so they'll fall down beneath and they just keep going back up to and that is the enemy fire and it's like make your shots with all this stuff to steal all your kinetic energy and screw everything up that could be a lot of fun actually i think the the only thing i couldn't solve in my i don't know, i must have been really tired when i was thinking this i was i couldn't solve like cuz you want like bursts where i guess you could tur- like control the releases to some degree and maybe the different bosses you're facing are the modes and that will determine the pachinko ball release cuz you have to have like opportunities to make the shots otherwise it's going to be like this endless silver sea of pachinko death <laughs> where nothing can move because it's so much. I mean, in my mind, I'm envisioning hundreds of pachinko balls. It's, it's like it's a sea of silver. People will. I want them to look from a distance and go, "Is that a shiny silver snake on that pinball machine?" It's like no. It could be like the uh, uh, oh, what was that game? Hyperball. Like yeah, hyperball. like like hyperball, but with more balls and smaller. 
with, with more smaller balls and you're yeah. not the one aiming them. They're right. shooting down at you. Yeah, they're shooting at you. And maybe um, you just have a variety of launchers near the top. Uh, and that's like, Mike, most of the toys are actually just like uh, vertical up kickers and other ways just to launch these little patinko balls and different but you know each mode like you have a centralized toy which represents whatever boss kind of like how champion pub you know would rotate around you'd have the, any given fighter you would face but the firing pattern would be different that would be the difference because the toy would always look the same but what would be the different bosses would be reflected on your screen and how the pachinko balls were fired where they were firing from how fast they were firing that would be those would be your shmup bosses and it would get worse. Or you'd face certain ones, like maybe you could choose like your five ones, but then the, the wizard mode is the sixth boss and he's always just like, okay, here's a sea of pachinko. Lose. Hmm. Could you build, I'm sure you could, build a rotating buck and put like four of them that were all tied together for that and they would rotate in a, and rapidly fire shots up at and they could so they could change they'd have to rotate and change their aim points and change their launch patterns hmm i don't know i don't know if you could for full i mean there's probably a way another option though would be you know stealing kind of like from flash gordon which you know they'd have like the saucers and they could kick out multiple directions up and down maybe do something that maybe doesn't have the full 360 options but maybe could kick out the ball could fire out one of four different ways. I mean, actually I think with the up kicker you could, uh, because the only piece you'd need to rotate is that little, uh, plate that aims the ball when, as it comes out, cause it hits the plate and the plate fires it. So as long as that was like on a, on a rotor and right. it was spinning around, I know I think you could do it your way because the actual coil doesn't need to move. We just need the plate that points it to move. Right. But then that, then you come back into how rapidly can you make one of those fire? Oh, the up kicker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, we know from t- we know from TNA. That, says, I'm done. Yeah, we we well, we know from TNA that they can fire really fast. Here's another thing to bear in mind, though. Also, in terms of like, yeah, the overheating or whatnot. Uh, if we're using pachinko balls for those for the shots, we don't need as powerful of coils. True, because they're lighter. How big is a pachinko ball? Oh, they're they're whatever size I'm currently envisioning in my dream. Eleven millimeters. And a pinball is what? And they're five point seven five grams. And a pinball is twenty seven millimeters. So there is a and they're eighty grams. Definite difference there. So yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you also wouldn't be running into the issue because you'd have enough of a size and weight difference that the pinball would still bowl through them, but it would lose speed and, and, have, mm-hmm. and have right minor trajectory right. changes. So you should be able speed. to shoot through the fire. Right. You're just going to lose some of your power. Your, yeah. Your, so you your, might not make your shot. Right. Like you and might you not get up the ramp. Possible deflection issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, now if only there was a way to detect whether your pinball got hit or not, and you get more points if you didn't. And if you did it all in one ball, you get all the points. Hmm. I mean, you could detect whether or not you lost any quote-unquote lives easily because you know whether the ball drained or not. Right. That's the measure for that, for that part. No, I think, yeah, I think Schwab's possible. I think we could do this. I mean, yeah. Oh, it would be loud as hell, though. Oh, man, would it ever be loud? 
You thought people complained about dimpling now. Oh, my. <laughs> just pachinko balls flying all over the place. Just, I just always see the little, little man, the little uh, guide, install guide when you get the pin from Stern. And it's like, uh, take six pinballs and 300 pachinko balls. <laughs> <laughs> Only 300. That seems so low. <laughs> well, we're trying to recycle them as quick That's as possible. That's true. Someone will be like, I lost one of them, or they, they only gave me 298 of them. This is bullshit. He's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, it, it, the, no, the, no, the you Pachinko won't. It, it actually tells you, like, goes, uh, 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 three Pachinko balls missing. <laughs> you have to find them. There's just, the Pachinko balls are just stored in the, uh, in the head. There's just an open thing, so you can just poor new ones oh, in. Yeah, but where 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 Zach Minnie would put a topper, that's an opening for a funnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so take out your oil funnel and dump those in. Those all down in it. it just oh, looks I, like there's a big I hopper like, like from a paintball gun up there. Just, just, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. You gotta load it like a paintball gun. I like this. I like this and the four X idea. They're my favorites. Yeah, those are those are much farther outside of the box than the normal. Yeah, no, I didn't know we'd get this creative, but I'm really pleased. If people can't tell, there's no pinball news for the last two weeks. That's why we're talking about this instead. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've milked that theme enough. So, uh, you know what was wants to be back by popular demand? Is it really by popular demand? Well, kind of. Is I had by your some, popular demand. No, well. You like you claimed to have liked it too, and of course I'm talking about Build a Bank. I did have someone write to me and say that they thought you should have done it solo, so you could have won. I considered it. Okay, because <laughs> I, of course, being the super kind person that I am, said, "Why do you think he'd still beat me?" <laughs> because there's nobody else to vote for. So that doesn't matter. They'll, they'll be like, "No, Dennis would have done better." Somehow it was just me, and I got no vote. So, for those that don't know, <laughs> the, the, the only the only options was Tony's list, and I hate pinball. And Tony's still yeah. lost. Oh. <laughs> I have a good feeling about you winning this time. I Very don't, good but that's okay oh. because winning is not about it. It's having fun. Is what but winning about. is half the battle. That's what GI Joe told me. Well, GI Joe had a lot of issues. Okay, so for those that don't know, what this is, build a bank. It's a game we play where I have six game selection categories, and they're based around the Pinside ranking list. So for this week, we're going to be doing uh, the 31st through 40th, Solid State, the 81st through 90th, the 131st through 140th, the 181st through 190th, the 231st through 240th, and then on the EM list, the 31st through the 40th. So we take these groups of 10. Uh, which that number can change a little bit if there are ties within the list. And I throw that list into random.org and the top four or what we get to pick from. And we alternate. And in this instance, Tony, you will pick first because I picked first last time. And uh, we cannot pick the game the other person already picked had they gone first. So pretty simple game. And then I put up a poll that runs for a week on our EGP Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. And you get to vote on which bank of six titles you think is better based off of whatever. Like you'd rather own them or you'd rather play them or however, whatever, however you define better. It's up to you. So pretty simple. Dennis picked. Uh, well, the, we were uh, in week two. It was very close. It was very close. The, the banks were both equally. Uh, and I, 
Well, and I'm trying to think where we are. So result wise for people to know, uh, our first time we did this was episode 114 and, and I won 80% to 20%. And that was the most lopsided. And then the second time we did it was episode 116 and I won 56% to 44%. And then the last time we did this was episode 117 where I won 71% to 29%. So anyway, we will start now. And the first set of games is that 31st through 40th. And just so people know what the initial pool of games is, we have Rick and Morty, Circus Voltaire, The Hobbit, Ghostbusters, Iron Man, The Shadow, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, Funhouse, and Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm throwing these into the random.org to figure out what the four we will get to pick from. And the four we get to pick from are The Shadow, Rick and Morty, Ghostbusters, and Iron Man. And you get to go first. Well, monkey butts. I know what my personal choice is because... And isn't that what you do? That's what I do. That's what I do. Quite honestly, I have a feeling I know what the fan favorite's going to be. I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm going to go with Iron Man. That was going to be my pick. But why don't you say why you chose it? Because of all the games that are on here, Iron Man is the one that I find most inherently enjoyable. I like like the brutality that it brings. And it's just a much funner game with the caveat. I've not played Rick and Morty, so I have no right. I have, that. yeah, I haven't played it either. Um, yeah. And as much as I like the Shadow, and I think the Shadow has one of the best ball locks ever, uh, Iron Man's more fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. Uh, well, given you've taken Iron Man, I'm actually going to take Ghostbusters. I know it gets an incessant amount of criticism because of the flipper gap. I understand that. However, I think that it is an incredibly fun game. Uh, the latest code update, which unfortunately I've not been able to experience yet personally, though I have watched it played, is a, a vast improvement. So I think it's balance wise is in a really good place. Uh, the theme integration is one of, if not the best ever done in pinball. I think that you've got like Hobbit and Ghostbusters are kind of like neck and neck with that theme integration. It sounds good. The light show's great. The art package is incredible. Yeah, it can be a bit frustrating to play. I know some competitive people don't favor it. And I would say Iron Man is a better competitive game, but I think that it's more fun to just go up and play Ghostbusters solo just because you've got the multiple ladders you can progress through for the, for the modes. And it just, it integrates so well. I just, I, I loved having it on location. I just absolutely had a blast playing it. Uh, and I actually wish I had one. I wish I had an Iron Man too, though. So what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> They're both good games uh, for different reasons. But um, yeah, that seems, so. And this is well, this is one of those choices where it was kind of hard because l- literally I would not say no to owning all four of these machines. Oh, yeah. Well, I and mean, again, I haven't played Rick and Morty. But yeah, I really like the Shadow too. It's cool with all the diverters and stuff. Yeah. It's just – but I, the for me, the issue with the Shadow versus Iron Man and Ghostbusters is I don't – like the modes aren't re- – there's just like – 
they're not special. Yeah. I, well, I just and that's don't the care thing. Like, like you, if I'd gone second, I probably would have ended up with Ghostbusters. Well, you didn't have to go second, so you ended up with Iron Man. Yes, so, I did. So now we're going to move to the next set of games, and that is the 81st through 90th on the pin side, top 100. And those games are Swords of Fury, Data East's Jurassic Park, Doctor Who, Safecracker, The Who's Tommy Pinball Wizard, Batman The Dark Knight version, uh, Slugfest, which I think that's a pitching bat, but it's on the list, so there it is. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic, Pinball, which I believe is the Stern Pinball's game, just called Pinball, and uh, Black Knight 2000. So, running the little runner, and the four are Safecracker, Pinball, Jurassic Park, and Slugfest. I know this will not shock Tony at all, but I will be taking Jurassic Park. I used to own one, so it helps confirm that I do actually like it. Uh, I do recommend that it actually be experienced with the Chad H software revision. It's much, a much better, better balanced, um, more challenging experience than the baseline Daddy East code. But the T-Rex eating the ball is really cool. The geometry, it's not the smoothest. Uh, there's a bit of clunk to it, but it's interesting. That ramp is really steep, but it's satisfying to hit. Uh, I like the, the rules are very Adam's family. So if you enjoy Adam's family's rules, uh, you, you should enjoy Jurassic Parks. And in fact, I actually think that the rules work better on Jurassic Park than they do for Adam's family. I know it's sacrilege, but that's what we do around here on EGP. So I'm going to do our sacrilege. So Tony, that leaves you with safe cracker, slugfest and pinball. I think I'm actually going to go with Safecracker just because it is such a different take on the normal pinball machine. And there is so much, uh, how do I want to put it? It's so interesting to go back and try and push for the kind of goals it has built in. Uh, the way it plays is like we were talking about earlier with some of our games. It's just different than a lot of your normal day-to-day stuff. Yeah, yeah. It oh, let me issue a correction so that you have the opportunity to make make a change, uh, because I typoed or my my thing autocorrected. That pinball is not pinball; it's pinbot. Oh, oh, crud! Well, that's very, very different. <laughs> I'm going to leave that mistake in so people know I am sticking with Jurassic Park, even though. Pinbot is my favorite System 11 game. <laughs> it's like, I had to look it up because I'm like, no, no, why would a stern game that uh, that unknown have made the top 100? I just couldn't accept it. And I thought I typed it right. Uh, so either I got autocorrected or I uh, my brain just said pinball. So, so sorry. That's, yeah, that, that that's a pretty different animal right there. In that case, I will make a switch. I will go to... No. We'll live. We'll, we'll live with the accent. I'm going to stay with what I originally said. So, Safecracker. I'm going to stay with Safecracker, just because. Well, it's fun. I yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun, and I just think this is one of those interesting things that happen. I'm going to stay with where we have. I'm going to. In my mind, it was still pinball. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I never played that. Gosh, I'm sorry about that. So, folks, you can see the uh, the mistakes that are made by me behind the scenes. And yes, I did confirm Slugfest is a, the pitch and bat. Which I'd never pick. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird because I I was like, "What is this?" And I'm looking. So why is there a pitching bat? Yeah, it's just it was in the. I mean, it's in the list, so it's kind of like. I, and 
because I don't make exceptions, I'm sort of tied to the right. like, to the list. And that my because I thought about throwing it out, and then I thought, well, what if I don't know, and then I don't throw it out? Kind of like naming the wrong game or whatnot. Oh, poor Pinbot. I mean, it is my favorite System Eleven, but I I enjoy Jurassic Park. So, all right, you're going to pick first this time. And now we are in the 131st through 140th games. So the initial preliminary list is the Flintstones, Mustang, Bride of Pinbot 2.0, Haunted House, Cyclone, F-14 Tomcat, Frontier, America's Most Haunted, Viking, and Centaur 2. So I'll throw those in the randomizer. And our choices are going to be Viking, F-14, Mustang, and Centaur. Actually, we got a pretty good selection out of that list. Yes, yes. Now, Mustang must have been pushed down because I remember picking it before, and it must have fallen some point ranks to be in the list again is my thinking. Yeah. Um, at least I'm pretty sure I picked it before. No, you uh, did. You did. We- and and I do like it. Uh, gosh, do I want to pick it again, though? Don't I go first? Didn't you pick JP first? Yeah, yeah. But I'm still thinking, because I don't think you're going to pick it. You're probably right. I'm just... This is this is a much harder choice than I thought it would be at this point. Because normally by the time we get to this point, there's only one good game in the list. Well, they're all supposed to be kind of the same level of popularity. They're right, but... Just because they're supposed to be all kind of the same doesn't mean that they actually are all kind That's of the true. same. That's true. That is true. Um, I think I'm going to go with one that I know you wouldn't have picked anyway. I'm going to go with F-14 because of the speed and the way it shoots. And I'm a big fan of the, uh, what do you call them, the, 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 the frameworks that it, that the ball goes through and just how it all works together. I like that game. I know you're not a big fan of it, but I enjoy it. You're right. I would not have picked that game. It probably would have been the last one I would have picked. Um, I will go ahead and pick Mustang then. Uh, I will say, though, F-14 and Mustang have one thing in common, and that is they are the fastest games where I feel like I just don't have time to react, with F-14 being number one and Mustang being number two. But, uh, yeah, as I've said before on Mustang, I think it's grossly underrated. Uh, I mean, I can't believe it's this low. Well, I guess I can, but because uh, the theme's not that great. But uh, I just think the modes are really interesting. They're very different feeling. I like the geometry of it. I think it feels really good to shoot. It's a hard game. Yeah, as you noted, with F-14, I just, it's so much of just watching the ball on the habit trails. And, and it just, it's hard. and. I can see why you like it, but I, I think Mustang's hard, but I think, just think it's a better package overall. So that is why I'm going with Mustang, I guess, again. Okay, I go first now this next time, and now we are going to go through the 181st through 190th games. <clears throat> this is where I could have expected to see a pinball from Stern Pinball. But, right. But it's not in this list. Our initial list selection will be Laser Q, Big Game, Fyro. Alien Poker, Meteor, NASCAR, Gladiators, World Poker Tour, Data East's The Simpsons, and Joust. So I'll throw those in the list. 
randomize the list. And our choices are going to be Simpsons, Joust, World Poker Tour, and Meteor. And I will take Meteor. No, Stern Electronics' best game, uh, by I think by far, their best game ever. Uh, so much fun with the spinners, so much fun with the drop targets. Really challenging game. It's Steve Kirk design who back in a time where competitive pinball was not a thing, made it a thing and designed a game designed to be competitively challenging and fun and fair. Uh, I have repeatedly tried to obtain a meteor. I've never gotten one, uh, found one within the price range that I'm comfortable with, but it's the one Stern Electronics game I really wish I had. So I'm definitely going with it. So can uh, I put you down for Simpsons? No, actually you can't. No. Oh. You can put me down for World Poker Tour. That was my other choice. I don't like the backlash. The backlash is so horrible. <gasps> oh, that's but, true. Uh, the actual game for a modern game with a lot of drops is probably one of the best and funnest playing drop-heavy modern games. I remember the when I first started playing pinball and first started going to the 403 Club, there was one up there, and I enjoyed it every time I played it. I had a pretty good competitive streak on it as well, and it's just definitely, out of all of these, it's the one that I would like to sit down and play out the door right now. I think that was a good choice. I... Yeah, I don't. I don't think much of the other two options. So. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's, and that's a, one of the things. Is the other options aren't great, but there's not a lot of games with a really impressive set of drops anymore. No, no, they've fallen out of favor for whatever reason. Maybe cost. Yeah. Well, speaking of cost, we now have to pay the heavy price of going down into the two hundreds to the two hundred thirty first and two hundred fortieth game, of which you get to pick first. The preliminary list would be Flight 2000, Countdown, Galaxy, Mars God of War, The Six Million Dollar Man, Arena, Evil Knievel, Time Fantasy, Future Spar, and Barbed Wire. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't believe Barbed Wire is that high. Well, don't worry. <laughs> uh, it was dead last in the randomized, so it won't be on the list. So <laughs> the four that will be on the list are Galaxy, Evil Knievel, Time Fantasy, and Countdown. I think if it's the game I'm thinking of, let me look real quick. I'm almost positive it is, though. You get to the point where you have to bust out the IPBB just to be sure. Mm -hmm. Well, some of these names are vague, like Galaxy, Countdown. Yeah. What does it mean? A Time Fantasy. There are a lot of games with time in the name. <laughs> Yeah, Countdown. Countdown's the one I uh, I was thinking of, and that's the one I'm going to go with. Uh, we played this a few years ago. There was a really nice one in Texas. Yes. Yep. As I recall. I can't remember exactly which year it was at this point, but I remember playing it multiple times, and it was, it was very enjoyable for what it is. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I actually think that that was an excellent pick uh, because it was the one I wanted. <laughs> and thus, of course, it means excellent. I I think I know which one I want now. I'm just double checking because 
I'm looking up Galaxy because apparently there were multiple galaxies that were made. Most of them are EMs, though, and this was a solid state. So, But I want to be sure that it's the 1980 version that was on the list here uh, before I – I should have left the – should have left my uh, Penside list up where they have all these all these games listed. So let's see. Where was that one at? There we – oh, wait. That's right. We're in the 200s at this point. I was on the wrong list. All right. Yeah, that was a Stern Electronics 1980. Let me take a look at it. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen this game before. Yeah, I I have because I've written about it. Uh, regarding uh, th- uh, Italian bottoms and, and unique layouts and, and things like that. Because uh, Galaxy is a weird one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Galaxy. And the the reason is because, is because it's so odd. And I need something odd in my I, my collection here. So you've got, I mean, you've got an interesting spinner that's kind of in a, what I would describe as an inner left orbit, which is almost in the middle of the play field. And uh, you've got the drop bank on the left. You've got a couple of like centralized pop bumpers. It's a really strange design. This does actually have slingshots, but not you, but not where you'd normally find them. So the slingshots, instead of being where the slings would be, they're actually up higher, uh, up against the edges of the play field, um, uh, kind of just below the drop target bank and then on the opposite side. That, those are the slings. And then where the slings normally would be are just some uh, lane guides. Uh, so you've got this weird kind of flowy setup that it's just really different. Even for the time that it came out, it's really different. This is actually, it's a Harry Williams design. And so... Uh, I just, and something I didn't know until I just read about it was that, uh, it actually was the very first pinball machine to have con- computer controlled, uh, general illumination. So hmm. that's kind of cool, but that's not why I'm picking it. Uh, but I just, it's a really unique layout. Uh, one of the, one of those, uh, special Harry Williams, uh, late Stern elect, uh, you know, late in his career, Stern electronics titles, uh, big time into the ball, ball is wild sort of, uh, design. The lower third is so unique of a layout to go with. Um, you know, I just think it's, it's different and it's fun and I can't have countdown. So I'm going to take something that's just really wacky, uh, to try and counteract you. So that's what I'm going to go with. And so that means we go to the EMs, our, our favorite. Never, we never have to look these up. Not we once. always we always know we always know everything about these EMs, especially when we get to this list. So for the EMs, I actually made a note of the manufacturer and the year because sometimes these titles are reused uh, <laughs> quite a bit. So um, our initial list is Dancing Lady, which is a Gottlieb from '66, Kings and Queens, which is a Gottlieb from '65, Orbit, which is a Gottlieb from '71. We have uh, Cowpoke, which is a Gottlieb from '65. OXO, which is a Williams from 73. C-Ray, which is a Bally from 71. Foursquare, which is a Gottlieb from 71. Subway, which is a Gottlieb from 66. Atlantis, which is a Gottlieb from 75. And Lucky Hand, which is a Gottlieb from 77. So I'll throw these on the randomizer list. And the top four are Lucky Hand, highlighting my spreadsheet as I go along. Foursquare. Cowpoke. And orbit. Okay, I go first. That's easy. I'm going to go with orbit because I own Super Orbit for a reason. <laughs> because I found a deal on one. But 
so Orbit, for those that don't know, is an electrical, the first version, the electromechanical version of the game Super Orbit, which some people who have seen me stream on Eclectic Gamers have, have experienced that title. So in terms of what it, I mean, the differences are mostly the, uh, just the fact that it, it's solid state and it had higher scoring because, uh, because Orbit, even 71 was actually a four player game. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a single player wedgehead or anything, but, uh, what I like about it though, is the layout. There are two ways you can get scoring. One is there's a spinner that's on the right side and it's, it's, you, it sounds like with Orbit that you think your, your spinner's on an Orbit shot and it's not. It's orbit because the scoring like orbits around a planet that's uh, in the middle of play field. But uh, so there's that spinner, but it's a relatively safe shot and it advances your bonus. And this game is very, very bonus heavy, uh, which you collect it in a ball. Uh, but then the the other option, which advances your bonus much faster, but it's a lot more dangerous, is there's a really close to the flippers, very target on the left. And I just think it's really fun. You can either go for that very target and take all that risk, which is what I usually do just because it builds up points so much. Or if you're really comfortable with a spinner shot, you can just keep going through that and then gain. There's not a whole lot of points on the play field. It's mostly bonus. It's a very bonus heavy game. So it's, it's just, it's really, it's really interesting. Krinsky layout. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I've really only experienced the solid state version, but looking at the layout other than uh, I think uh, an addition of a center post on the, uh, on the solid state version, it's uh, basically identical and and the scoring changes. So yeah, easy pick for me orbit. I'm going to go, man, that looks real familiar. Maybe you've played it. Is it is (laughs) just a second. Well, in this case, I'm going to go with the exact same idea you did. I'm going to go with Lucky Hand, which yeah. is the replay version of your Jack's Open. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. It, 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 it's, uh, it's the Attaball version of Jack's Open. Because uh, when, I, when I was looking at the playfield, it's like, I know this playfield. I've played this game a fair amount, but I don't recall ever hearing it. And that's, yeah, that, that's why. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's got the drops where you pick the where, where you pick up you know the the pair of jacks, the three queens, the queens and the kings, uh, right there in that central drop target, and you've got the pops above with the lanes from the uh, shooting trough that you can get up back up into. So yeah, no, I've actually. I've not actually played Lucky Hand, but I've played the exact same game, except without the Atomall a fair amount of time. So there we know. go. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, they only made 610 of these. Okay. Huh. Interesting. And apparently, there's also a Lucky Card Atomall version, which is the same game, too. Yeah. Wow. Another 455 units. Well, okay. Well, that makes sense. Same designer, too. Ed Krinsky. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So. Oh, well, that's clever. interesting how... how the EM versions of two games you own were in this list. We're in our four picks that yeah. time. That's I'm not too funny. surprised at Lucky Hand. I mean, I should like because I think I think Jack's Open, the main the main one that people think of of the EM of that um, mm-hmm. is way high on the list. And these are probably just lower because there's so few of them. But uh, would be my would be my thought. Well, Tony, I have to say, I think I'm in big trouble. I don't know about that. But uh, I think this is going to be a closer one. 
Well, no, it if it's I don't know. I don't know if it's actually going to be as close as the second one. I mean, just think just you know, looking over our stuff. So for those that don't know, as a reminder, uh so in 31st through 40th, Tony took Iron Man, I took Ghostbusters. In 81st through 90th, Tony took Safecracker, I took Daddy's Jurassic Park. Uh for 131st through 140th, Tony took F14 Tomcat, I took Mustang. For 181st through 190th, Tony took World Poker Tour. I took Meteor. Uh, for 231st through 240th, Tony took Countdown. I took Galaxy. And for EM 31st through 40th, Tony took Lucky Hand and I took Orbit. Reason why I'm concerned is Lucky Hand, Countdown, and Iron Man are all strong competitive choices, which is something you sometimes haven't gone with. So I think with the competitive player audience, you have uh, shown your bona fides and you're going to win them over with that. Right. Uh, but Jurassic Park and Meteor are also much higher rated by most people than my choices in both those ranks, which mm. means is we're going to be down to the pushes of F-14 and Mustang. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, it's like, I don't know. I mean, Data East Jurassic Park, uh, thematically, yeah, that's a, it's a strong choice. It's, uh, Meteor was good. Meteor's a good, uh, good, oh, yeah, Meteor's one for a me. great choice. I, uh, I, it's, I would have taken Meteor. So, so, so is Orbit. Orbit probably is a wa- is a push with Lucky Hand. So, I mean, so that was just, those just both are really good competitive games. So it's just, it is what it is. So, yeah. And I don't know if Galaxy has a lot of fans or not. I don't know how many people have played it. Um, Countdown. God, such a good choice. I'm it, so it, mad. I'm so <laughs> mad that you went with it. I'm very it's, angry. I'm so mad that you went with the game that you've played and enjoyed. Yeah, I'm, I am. You should have let me have it. <laughs> is basically what I'm saying. You should have gone with Daddy East Simpsons. You went with Simpsons. You've just party. gotten used to the fact that a lot of times I'll let you have games like that because I choose a game that I personally enjoy more than one that might be competitive. It's just in this case, the game that I personally yeah, enjoy you more chose is evil also Knievel. competitive. You should have yeah, chosen evil, evil Knievel. You should have. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you deserved. Well, speaking of deserve, I think our listeners deserve to hear us go into the video game segment. I think that that is a solid idea. Um, the video game segment is both enormous and small or reduced compared to some of what we've seen lately, um, specifically because I went with just one overarching theme because I thought it was the biggest thing that has happened uh, lately, and that is just the Xbox Game Showcase. Yeah, that that would have been, I mean, it's the only news I was really aware of, but of yeah. no. I mean, there, there's there's all the other ongoing stuff and a variety of other smaller things, but I thought this was the one big uh, thing to hit with. Uh, we've already done PlayStations, because that was last month, and uh, Xbox, uh, they had a pretty strong showing, I think, honestly. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've heard mixed things. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes to a summary for people who want to read about it. Um, I guess, where you, I mean, they would, they did do a lot of games, which I think was, was smart and yeah, a page from Sony. So, uh, is that where you want to start? Is with some, go through the games or? I think going through, let, let me, considering that's the primary part of, part of it, I think that's probably the best. Okay. Place to start. 
So uh, Halo Infinite's probably the most talked about one I'm aware of. Uh, I would assume so. Uh, I'm sure it's for the Halo fanboys, which is, you know, like entire generations of Xbox gamers. Uh, it's going to be the big target, the big draw. Mm. Uh, it was controversial, though. Apparently, a lot of people did not like it, how it looked graphically. And uh, so I did some hmm. research on that. Yeah, it was a, a mix of things, apparently, in play. Uh, apparently, the original broadcast stream was was pretty low quality, low res. So that didn't help. Uh, I did read an article, which I, I'm not linking to because I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, but that per- a person, one of the video game journalists, was theorizing the issue might also be related to the dynamic lighting that the game is relying on. And that that made it look kind of just weird to people because they're not used to seeing dynamic lighting uh, as ever present as it is in this version. And then I also heard that, uh, I guess, 343 confirmed that this was not the latest build that was in the trailer. It's a prior PC based build that they were that they had ready because the stay at home stuff has kind of interfered with their with their planning. So it was not, it's not the latest version and it's a, it's a lower quality because it looks lower quality because it was lower quality. Interesting. Uh, that's the actuality of it. I mean, it didn't look terrible. Well, a lot of people also don't like the hairless brutes. Ah, but that's like an aesthetic choice. That's like, uh, when, uh, Star Trek discovery aired and people didn't like how radically different the Klingons looked. Yeah. I didn't that's like how that I either. Yeah. See, I you understand once I turned it into Klingon talk. You yeah, understood. I understand that. Uh, I'm not surprised, really, uh, with a Halo game coming out, though, as a launch title. It's always a good thing. I did find the uh, fact that the map made it almost feel open worldish was interesting. Uh, yeah, I had heard some rumors that it was going to be uh, thoughts that it might be more open world style. That would be an interesting direction to go with a Halo game. Um, the fact that it's going to launch with availability on Windows through Game Pass, and the surprise to me, it's going to launch on Steam when it launches. Mm. That's unexpected. I know they've had really good feedback from the launch of the Master Chief Collection on Steam. Uh, It's been very popular, but I still didn't expect them to let Infinite be available on Steam at the exact same time as it's available on Game Pass and or on Windows and the new Xbox. That's- yeah, there it's all seems to be and we'll, we'll hit on the Game Pass thing in, in a little bit, but this all seems to be about uh, a very different seems for this new generation strategy that Microsoft is doing that really revolves around that. Yeah. Um also let's see I'm just going to touch on some of these, and we'll probably we'll skip some too. Uh, the following the ones I'm in, avowed uh, fantasy first person game. Uh, it's set in the Pillars of Eternity universe. I'm a big Pillars of Eternity fan, and, and obviously it's from the Obsidian, so uh, I'm interested in it. Uh, we'll see how it actually ends up being, but it definitely is something I'm keeping my eye on. Ion. Um, let's see. As Dusk Falls, I don't know. It was some sort of emo visual novel thing. Oh, the big Fable. Fable's coming back. That's not... How did I see it put? It was the worst kept secret in UK game development. 
I believe is what I saw it described as. Yeah, I've been hearing for a discussion for years that uh, that that was going to be coming back. But I, I guess it's nice to have it confirmed finally, officially, just because uh, that's something that Xbox has been really weak on since Fable 3 is they don't have like an RPG series that's associated with just the Xbox, except Fable. But it wasn't, you know, the, with the studio going away. Now, my understanding, I didn't watch this, was that uh, what is it? Uh, is it Turn Ten who does Forza? That they have a group that's doing the Fable game. That was always what I was hearing. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't see that part. Well, regardless of who's doing it, the important thing is that it is coming back. As long as it's done well. You oh, yes. Hopefully, you- hopefully, uh, hopefully, it doesn't overpromise a bunch of stuff that then doesn't come to be. And like you said, Forza. There's a Forza game coming. It wouldn't be an Xbox without a Forza game. So they didn't show anything though. That trailer was nothing. no. no, no. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, here's a car in a garage. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone knows what to expect with Forza again. Yeah, there's not, there's nothing real, uh, nothing really fancy coming out of it. Uh, there's a bunch of games here that uh, I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, Fantasy Star Online Two is coming. I know Fantasy Star Online is super popular, but I've never played it. I I tried it, uh, and I just didn't get it. I didn't get into it. Yeah. Uh, Stalker 2. Oh, it's been a little forever since a Stalker. Yeah, it was like a dec- more than a decade ago was the last time a Stalker game came out. I never played any Stalker games either. Mm. So Yeah, I don't think I did either. Just yeah. heard of it. Just It's famous. Yeah, I've heard of it, but it doesn't have any real draw for me. Now, a game that I am interested in is uh, State of Decay 3. Mm. I've heard very good things about the first two, but I haven't played them. Yeah, it started out weird. Uh, The first State of Decay game uh, I played, and it was one of those games that got a major overhaul at one point, and when you came back to the overhaul, it was way better than it was before that. Okay. And then State of Decay 2 was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I never finished it because I don't finish very many games, but it was very enjoyable. The parts of it I was playing. Uh, probably the biggest draw to me from this list is the Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. What a shock. I know, right? I'm just, I'm blown I'm, away. I'm blown away. I'm interested in something that falls into my wheelhouse. Uh, it's a Left 4 Dead style game in 40k universe. I mean, hmm. Well, that sounds. I I did like the Left 4 Dead games. So. Yeah, I mean, four player co op. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. Sign me up. Let's see what else did we have in here. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected is a going to be uh, coming to Xbox. I've played Tetris Effect on PlayStation, and apparently with Connected, it's got multiplayer modes and like co op play. And mm, okay. co op Tetris sounds weird yeah that'd be like a ama- that's like something if i had it that i didn't have to pay money for it i'd do but yeah i probably would never buy it uh no surprise there's uh destiny 2's got something coming out uh and apparently destiny 2's coming to game pass yeah i think every game covered is on, on yeah game pass. everything here is coming on game pass but the fact that destiny 2 is going to be on game pass is just interesting to me um let's see 
Another Obsidian game, Grounded. It's basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Hmm. Uh, the trailer is hilarious. Uh, it just was irreverent and funny. And I really enjoyed just the trailer. The game's actually kind of interesting working. It's a, a co-op survival game of kids shrunk in a backyard. So we'll see. Uh, there's an expansion for the Outer Worlds coming out. I still need to start the. I have Outer Worlds. I haven't played it yet, though. It's a fun game. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It is exactly what it said on what they said coming into it on the box. It was going to be. It's a fast little game. So yeah, I enjoyed it quite a lot. It's actually the reason I got Game Pass, um, which I should probably check. I think I turned Game Pass off. I should probably turn it back on. There's a lot of stuff coming. It'd be a good way to get some games. Uh, Psychonauts 2. Mm. Super popular. Yep. Um, so there's no way that it's the, unless 2 totally flops and burns, it's going to be huge. Um, the Makers of Life is Strange is putting out another emo-y deep mystery game thing. I don't know. I never played Life is Strange, so I've heard really good things about it, but it's not really been my kind of interest level. Uh, they're getting Dragon Quest on an Xbox, which, as I recall, Dragon Quest has, wasn't on the Xbox when it first came out. Not to wasn't. my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, because 11 was only on like PlayStation, and then it came to... They put it on Switch too. I thought they put it on. Switch. Yeah, I normally associate Dragon's Quest with Nintendo stuff, but yeah. Um, what else was there? Oh, there was this weird, crazy game, uh, uh, Ballin' Wonder World from Square Enix. Okay, it looks like I would need a lot of drugs to enjoy that game. Hmm. On the other hand, it looks like something my daughter would love. It looks like it's right up her alley, but man, it looks like I would need a lot of drugs to get into that game. Um, they did show what I'm personally expecting to be the biggest crash and burn out of these titles, which is the Exomecha. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, free free to play, right? Yeah. Free to play yeah. competitive online FPS. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can go sit in the corner with the other 4,200 of you guys. <laughs> it's a Valorant killer. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. And a uh, sequel to um, Hello Neighbor, which was super popular. Uh, it was everywhere for a long time. Hello Neighbor was. It still is everywhere for a long uh, on like YouTube. Lots of people play it. And you see lots of videos, and there's lots of memes and re- references to it. So, I mean, lots of sequels that I ex- just assume are going to do pretty good. So. There were some others in there, but I think that's the big ones. Yeah, and as we noted earlier, the everything shown, be it unique to Microsoft or uh, third party, because a lot of this stuff is third party games that are going to be on, like they'll be on Sony as well on the PS5. Uh, were that they're all in Game Pass, and I've seen multiple articles, and I, I do agree with them, basically saying that that's what this was. This. Uh, Microsoft's uh, big old shindig here 
is it's you know their game showcase wasn't really a showcase for the Xbox Series X. It's a showcase for Game Pass, and that that is where their like their entire marketing strategy, their entire money making model is really going to lean on that rather than the traditional approach of having a whole bunch of exclusives or and by a whole bunch, you know, like two or three a year and just rely on those to be why you buy their hardware. Instead, they're just like, no, we just want you to be in Game Pass. And to provide some context that I read about, because I thought this was really interesting. Last of Us Part Two, pretty popular game, Sony exclusive, already out. Uh, it has sold more than 4 million copies. It's their second, it's Sony's second biggest video game launch ever in their entire history. As of April, Microsoft's Game Pass has over 10 million people. Yeah, I saw those numbers. And so that's what this is. And as we've touched on before, and I'm not in Game Pass because I've got a pile of games I still need to play, so I've never done it. But getting in is really low cost. And ever, I've not heard a single person who has ever argued that any other subscription service in video games is remotely as good for what the dollar amount is and what you get out of it. And Microsoft knows this, and that's what they're doing. They're relying on that. They're doing, they've got an ultimate tier to it now, which is like uh, at regular rate, it's $15 a month, uh, which gives you Xbox PC games and access to their X cloud, which is what is going to be their ability to allow you to play your personal Xbox library on smartphones and on tablets. So it's Stadia, but popular because Microsoft's already got the, Microsoft's already got all the games in there. Uh, Stadia is this, you know, streaming service that's hardware agnostic and that's great, except they have to like grow it all from the ground up. Whereas Microsoft's just like, we'll just add some Stadia stuff to our gaming ecosystem, which is already, if it's not Sony strong, it's still strong. And they have all these new studios now, so they're going to guarantee that it continues to be strong. But yeah, just running through this many, just even the games you named, Tony, and that all of that is available in Game Pass is just, so you don't have to go and buy all these things. There's always yep. stuff like Game Pass is always over a hundred games. So there's always stuff in there and it's new stuff. It's not just old stuff. So I just, it's so smart. I, it's like, there are going to be people like me that are interested in the hardware because I mostly game on console, but this uh, just because it stops, especially people who have a limited amount of money that they're willing to spend on new games, you know, especially younger people. Uh, that they can just do the game pass and they know they're going to get new stuff. It brings in, as we've been seeing Microsoft trying to do this, this uh, go. And as you just described for yourself, it brings in the PC gamers. I mean, putting stuff out on steam and saying you can, and you can play this in game pass and and it's going to be available the same day as it is for the console people that, that is appealing. It broadens their audience. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, I think if you're interested in any of these games, not having Game Pass would probably be a mistake. Uh, at the the very- only reason I don't have it is because I get it's like games are like my Christmas and birthday fodder list, and I don't go through them fast enough. But if I were getting games for myself, I'd just get Game Pass. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and like I said, because Game Pass, if you get just just the PC Game Pass, is so cheap, so cheap. Since I don't have an Xbox. And because it has less stuff on it, uh, that it was worth it. And with the um, with the additions you can get for PC and your Xbox, I I just 
I think Game Pass is where they are going to pull ahead this time. Yeah. And as a, as a Polygon article noted, it's Sony is doing what all console manufacturers have done for a really long time. And they are banking on that they will. And I think it will work for them that they will have success because they're going to try and get like at least two AAA titles that are Sony exclusive out every year. That's that's their model. And Microsoft is like, okay, we're going to the Netflix model instead. Even if the games, even if the games aren't as good as Sony's two AAA blockbusters, the fact is that you'll be able to turn on any month you want, turn on your Game Pass, and you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff, and it's so diverse, you're going to find something that's fun. So, and it costs you so much less than buying that AAA game. It's right. just, it's just, and I think it will really work for them. And as they take all those studios they acquired and start having exclusives that are, to my understanding, always going to be available day one on Game Pass if it's a first-party Microsoft thing, then it just creates more and more incentive and they are just they're just doing the it's like we're doing cloud. We're cloud computing now and that's what we're doing. We're just gonna make money with subscriptions. I think it's smart. Yeah, I well, think it, I, at, I, at the price point it's like hard to say it's hard to say no. And that's and and they make everyone else like EA's version just look like a joke. So anyway. Well we got through all the news, Tony. That's every yeah, that that's pretty much everything of import this time around yeah well i think we gave him a pretty meaty episode yeah and if you'd like to reach out to tell us about how what a great job we did in covering all this interesting information you can reach out to us at eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com or over with facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast we're on twitch twitter and instagram as eclectic underscore gamers and uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks so until then my name is dennis and i've been tony goodbye bye